Jeez, well, this is like a Sophie's choice where I don't want either of the kids to survive. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Blind Tiger Podcast, your one-stop shop for beer news, reviews, and all things brews. I am your host, the man who believes that pigs can really fly straight into my belly, Rob Fisher. <laughs> With me, as always, is the man who believes that meat should be so soft it's nearly gelatinous, Mike Albright. And of course, the man whose auditory skills means he can make the squeal piggy squeal scene from Deliverance watchable, <laughs> the man far, far too handsome for pig calls, Jesse Clark. Today is May 27th, 2015, and we're recording episode 55. The extra B stands for beer. For more information on any of the segments from today's show, visit our new improved website at www.blindtigerpodcast.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or subscribe to the show on iTunes. Our podcast is available on Stitcher, and we have moved our entire catalog of episodes over to SoundCloud as well. We provide news, reviews, and just about anything involving brews. Don't miss out, and subscribe today. So summer has blown off the cold snaps of recent weeks and has shown up with temperatures in the high 80s and humidity that rivals water. This week, Mike, Jesse, and I have gathered outside our studio to celebrate the start of summer weather. We are willing to tolerate the heat, the humidity, the insects, and the sweats, so long as it means some delicious summertime BBQ. In honor of summer, our opening question this week is, what would be your ideal BBQ and beer setup and why? So, Mike, why don't you get us started with what you would go for? All right. My ideal barbecue setup is that big stainless steel top-of-the-line edition grill with separate baster burner and three-tier hot dog rack. Mm. When I say stainless steel, I mean I want that thing shiny. I want you to be able to see it from space. Whoa. Yeah. And actually, I would go for gas, which I understand is a sin in the barbecue world, but I don't have all effing day. So, I mean, <laughs> really, if you want to slow cook your meat at eight, you know, for eight hours, go right ahead. But I have other things to do. And if I want the hickory flavor, I figure I'll just get like a hunk of uh, wood and just throw it right on the grill. Uh, that'll get that smoky flavor too sweet. Uh, but basically, um, not everything I want to cook needs forever in a day either. So, I mean, some nice meaty steaks only need a moment on the rack to get to the right temperature. And I like my chicken not to taste like leather. Uh, for the beer setup, which is very important, I have to take a page out of a friend's book and repurpose one of those Rubbermaid garbage containers. You know, the one with the square lid and the wheels on the, uh, the one side. Oh, I have this. Uh, Simply throw some ice and two sextels in the bin and put a double tap on the top and you're set to be the party master. I like it. Spend all the money on the grill and keep the beer situation. Yeah, keep it, keep it relatively, you know, MacGyver-ish. But yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I went. I was inspired by what you did with your birthday last year with the okay. idea of the trough of you know you just oh, yeah. every you have this long trough and all the beers are in there. I really liked it. And upside, I like the idea of it upside down. So it's sort of a mystery, kind of like oh, what am I grabbing? Um, and so far as the food though, I was um, I am not a gas guy. Okay. Um, I was forced to be a gas guy for a couple of years, mm -hmm. and I didn't like it. Okay. Um, Charcoal? Oh, yeah, I'm a charcoal guy. But, I mean, you have to... Charcoal's good. And then I charcoal, and then when I do that, I use I do put on the, the you put, put on the slats of wood, and it gets that smoky flavor that mm -hmm. that, uh, that that you like. But I, I do... I am a smoker. My, my, fa my father has a, a, a smoker, and it, the meat is so amazing. Yes, he starts in the morning, and by the afternoon, by the evening, it is so amazing. So what I would do is I would not want your clean grill. In uh -huh. fact, I would have it... I would grease the <laughs> piece up disgusting one time. 
one time when no one else is here. It would be just like this right here. It would be, actually, it would be very much like this. You would see, you have the trough of beer where, where, where we are. We're on a deck. It's a little raised. You have the trough of beer. You have the backyard there. Everyone can see the, the everyone could see the, the, the different the different cooking elements I would have, the smoker, the grill. Um, maybe I would have something. Maybe I would have a, I don't know, a fire on the side just for like when you really want to put a piece of meat on a stick. But it would, and it would be covered in grease from that one time I would make this one mistake. Because what's on the other end of that is there's a driveway. And I would get in my car and just drive to Joe Boy's and buy the barbecue. <laughs> and everyone can think I actually cooked it myself. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Good show. I like it. Yeah. yeah. So everyone see how dirty it is and assume that I had cooked it. Because if it were clean, if it were spotless, I mean, would you think that I actually cooked on that? No. Yeah. Do you see that kitchen? my kitchen inside there? It looks like I do a lot of cooking. I don't know. <laughs> Jesse makes the most authentic Himalayan tasting <laughs> Indian food I've ever had. No, I do no, I do cook some. I do cook a lot, but um, I hate doing the dishes. And oh yeah, and nobody likes that. I, I like the Mrs. Doubtfire approach. Yeah, it is. Yeah, excellent. So for me, we normally take these opening questions with a bit of humor, but this topic is far too close to my heart not to take as serious as a goddamn heart attack. <laughs> So my inspiration for the ideal barbecue setup comes from the holiest of high holidays, oh, yes. the most perfect porcine party. I speak, of course, of Hamfest. Hamfest. This three-day hedonistic, tribalistic, heathen celebration of all things pork is quite possibly the best damn barbecue party the world has ever known. <laughs> and while the bacon-wrapped, shredded pork field pork chops are the epitome of what this celebration is all about, the barbecue is cooked in a way that speaks volumes. The chef, for which I draw my inspiration, is none other than Aaron Miller, current brewer at Burley Oak in front of the show. He had built a, let's be generous and call it rustic, <laughs> slow cooker of inferior materials that produced only the most superior of meat. His metal cylinder that housed a full goddamn pig elevated above only the best quality cherry wood was slowly smoked and cooked for days. This pig, while dead and cooking, was pampered with an amazing wood <laughs> and was consistently glazed with none other than Aaron's own amazing homebrew. This pig was nearly falling off the bone with a juicy, slightly beer-flavored meat. It was the best damn barbecue I've ever had, and if I'm going to do my own BBBQ, then I'm going to do it right. And the extra B is, of course, for beer. Unlike Mike, however, I'm going to reverse it and say that if the the cooking apparatus is low-quality MacGyverism, that the beer apparatus would be none other than a nice high-top uh, freezing element, you know, mm. with a waist-high giant one with a couple of six tells in there with, nice. you know, four like or five it. tops on, on top there so that you can sample numerous beers. Not only the beer that's going on to the pig that you're then going to later mm. recycle and eat, but a couple other experiments. And with beers like Panty Dropper <laughs> and the other wonderful beers that Aaron had on tap, he really, really brought um, Hamfest together as a, a killer party. I remember those beers, but I do not remember the pork-filled pork chops. That I just made that up, but <laughs> that sounds great. Though it was <laughs> it was uh, the introduction of, of pork, but uh, no, basically everything from the salad to the I think fruit salad to the pretty much everything had some sort of pork element added to it. But it's I like don't the think there was a pork stuffed <laughs> pork chop wrapped in bacon. Iron Chef, Iron Chef style. I was gonna say, yeah, it's the. I'm <laughs> going to make that the next time. I, it should be pretty easy. You make a pork chop, cut out the middle, you put some nice uh, shredded bacon pork in there. In there. That's a great idea. You With wrap some the whole ham. thing in bacon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got ham. Yeah, exactly. Totally go nuts. <laughs> Dad, those are all the same animal. Sure, Lisa. Some wonderful, magical animal. <laughs> oh, man. So with that, let's move on to a little beer news. Beer news. 
And again, we're going to skip right over local and regional because, hey, mm. there's exciting things under the, under the national news. So we're going to start out with an article called Man Writes Heartfelt Letter Claiming Beer Saved His Life. So apparently a Santa Marcos resident wrote a letter crediting local beer for saving his life in a flood. So the letter's not that long. I thought I would just read it out loud and talk about how beer can literally save your life. So the letter begins, quote, Hello, Rogueness Brewing. My name is Colin Illiff. I'm a resident of San Marcos, Texas, and your beer saved my life. Now, I know that may sound crazy, but let me explain. I was dog-sitting at my aunt's house along the Blanco River in Wemberley, Saturday, May 23rd, and had settled down with a bomber of your beardy guard while listening to the rain outside. The power had already gone out, so I had been debating whether to just go to sleep or stay up to enjoy the beer. Naturally, I chose the latter. Throughout the evening, I heard about the threats of a flood, but after several trips to check the river, I was sure I would be high and dry. But about mid-bomber, around 11.45 p.m., Kudos to him for really knowing how to drink. I heard a faint but then intensified roar coming from the river and poked my head out the door to see what was happening. Lo and behold, the river had risen 30 feet within half an hour and was already heading towards the doorstop, uh, doorstep. I ran frantically around the house collecting expensive painting, pictures, important documents, etc., and threw them upstairs hoping they would be spared from the incoming surge. Grabbed the two dogs I had been watching, ran out the door, and drove off. After driving up to the gate uphill from the house, I swung the car around to see where the water was, and right then a wall of mud, water, and trees, accompanied by a massive propane tank, slammed right into the house and the ground I had been minutes before. I found refuge in a kind neighbor's house uphill and out of reach of the flood with a few other evacuees as we were trapped in that little stretch of neighborhood. The next morning after the flood subsided, I drove back to the house only to find nothing. The entire house and all of its contents were gone, swept downstream and littering the shore. I fell to my knees and sobbed my heart out, not only realizing that my aunt did not have a home to come back to, but because I was still alive. I had considered falling asleep, which surely would have left myself, Scrappy, and Susie, the two dogs I was watching, dead. But I was too excited to have a great cold brew, and I survived. That's my story of how beer saved my life, but others in the area weren't so lucky. Hundreds of people were left homeless and heartbroken. I ask if you take any from the story, it's that you spread the word that people in Wimberley and San Marcos need donations of food, water, clothing, blankets, etc. Send it to the Red Cross and Salvation Army in the area, and there are multiple drop-off points in these towns. Thanks again for real great bruise, rogueness. I wouldn't be here without them. Much Sounds love. like they need more beer. <laughs> Much love, <laughs> Colin Illiff. P.S. I'm attaching a photo of you came of my aunt's house and you see yourself why this truly was a disaster for many people. And it's true. There's just a hole in the ground with a bunch of like shrapnel around the edge where apparently a home used to be. Wow. That's amazing. So the moral of the story is stay up drinking late because yeah. it yeah. may save yep. your life. You never know what might happen. Yeah. Donate. Don't donate other, that other stuff. They don't need that. You need beer. They need beer. It gives me a real FOMO feeling. Like, you know, if you're missing out, it's like you might miss out on, you know, that river rising over the banks. 30 feet in half an hour is an incredible amount of water. Yeah, it is. Holy cow. I'm guessing it, whatever, deluged up farther upstream, and yeah. that's what just came down. Well, the terror of waking up with a soaking wet bed, and then at that point having it been too late, especially with a protein, propane tank crashing into the side, possibly yeah, it, exploding. It's, it's like what Ron White says. It's not that the wind is blowing or that the flood is coming. It's what the wind is blowing uh, or what the water is carrying, too. That is true. Well, you got to watch out for those ants, though, you know, when they just tear down the dam and, you know, you're... <laughs> a wizard knows better. <laughs> yeah. 
So, Mike, tell us about some uh, phonies in the craft beer industry. Well, phonies, not necessarily. This isn't meant to be a hater uh, article. I guess it kind of comes off that way. But I was just going to say that those who can brew and those that can't get rich anyway. <laughs> so wherever there is an industry that makes money, you can bet that there are people lurking and about trying to ride in that wake. Beer is no exception. We love it. You love it. But for obvious reasons, we can't be drinking it all the time. So why not start a business capitalizing on it? There are now a ton of usually small businesses uh, that have come about in, that would not have existed before craft beer. When one of us walks into the fridge to buy a six-pack, you can't help but notice the bountiful array of photos and paintings paying homage to our favorite brews, and they, they can be had for a price. Many websites now sell beer paraphernalia, such as High Hoppage, a website that uh, will sell you just about anything that says, warning, High Hoppage. <laughs> From bottle caps to plastic trinket-looking hop earrings, um, also, anyone skillful enough with a saw can churn out some craftsman-quality beer carriers. There are businesses that will give you bus tours of breweries, people that will come out to can or test your beer for quality. Local outfit Joycat Events started out with the Lancaster Brewfest and now hosts a wide variety of unique events. If the craft beer bubble ever does burst, it will take down more than just a few sullen-looking bearded dudes. So just remember, when you drink craft beer, you aren't just supporting that brewery, you're supporting everyone that brewery has ever inspired. I mean, that is really true. Um, one of the things that's so interesting about when the um, um, Craft Beer Alliance comes out with their annual statistics about, like, uh, industry growth and mm -hmm. uh, job creation is, you know, they're just looking at breweries, um, bars, brew pubs, and et cetera, of the, the jobs that they're making. And that doesn't even come into account of all the people who are, you know, doing paraphernalia or accessories or making growlers or whatever, T-shirts, the whole shebang, is it's more than just those immediate jobs. There's spillover jobs as well. I mean, technically, if we were getting paid for this shindig, which we are not, <laughs> uh, we would be profiting off, you know, the uh, the world of craft beer. Yeah, the article does go on to state that the only uh, business not making any money off the beer industry is this Blind Tiger podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Please send donations yeah. to <laughs> show at blindtigerpodcast.com. But no, we are, we are a le legitimate journalistic uh, endeavor, too. So Yeah, yeah, not no. For profit. But yeah, I mean, it, there is a, uh, like, a <laughs> there is a legitimate like side business that goes along with the beer industry. Uh, I mean, for that, I think we're all grateful. Uh, but there was just kind of some interesting things. Like I have seen some of these, and it's not just high hoppage. There's a bunch of them, but just like websites that will sell you anything that has like a hop on it or is beer related. And some of those things looked really kind of just cheesy. So, I mean, I guess he, he said it, it sounds like it's working out for him. He said he's making you know money hand over fist from people just buying these things from him. Well, maybe we should be doing that. Maybe put blind tiger on it. Yeah, with the hop. Yeah, we need I more marketing. We should say at this point that, uh, you know, the uh, drink fresh, drink local should totally be our thing and that we're naming on the podcast here. That, that is our, our idea and we're going to make t-shirts or something because yes, I think that will definitely be uh, a good thing with Lancaster's buy fresh, buy local. I think uh, drink fresh, drink local as a... We are trademarking this. Yeah, <laughs> as a nice uh, counterpart to that is also really great for, you know, encouraging local craft beer. Yes. Which we are in fan of, definite fans of. Definitely. And, and you know the guys, or at least one of the guys from Joy Cat Events. I mean, like yeah. they started out with, I mean, that was like their first thing, right? Yep. That's kind of what they wanted to do. But then I think this weekend or next weekend is Wine in the Park, where yes. they're doing a wine uh, festival. And they are looking towards having not only the Lancaster Craft Beer Fest uh, in early September, um, but also doing a winter craft beer fest indoors, I think, at the convention center is their mm. aim. So they, you know, they're looking to oh, really make it, um, you know, like a several time a year drinking festival sort of atmosphere in Lancaster and nice. 
I, for one, am not going to complain. No. I, I don't, I don't think it should be indoors, though. I mean, it should be outdoors. And it should <laughs> be like the, the, world's, Pull the, bear drinking. the world's biggest drunken snowball fight. <laughs> <laughs> Come on a sled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we're often criticized on the show for not talking enough about women and beer. So uh, this next Who article. Who criticizes us that for that? I do. <laughs> uh, so uh, this headline is, if you're a woman, drink beer for your health. So as everyone knows, as women get up there in age, uh, one of the problems that they have is osteoporosis, which comes from a calcium deficiency. So uh, apparently a new study launched, um, so uh, vinepair.com, is talking about how the National Osteoporosis Risk Assessment, after examining 200,000 women drinking beer, puts females at a lower risk for osteoporosis. So this is better than popping a pill to help with that. Um, so what this means is that if you're a woman and you slam a pint regularly, you are less likely to find yourself with a hip fracture, which are associated with shorter lifespans after the age of 65. Uh, apparently, beer is flavonoid-rich due to its hops, and these flavonoids act as a natural hormone replacement. They've also been said to apparently prevent colds, which could reduce menopausal symptoms. So goodbye, hot flashes. So here we have just a ton of reasons why, as a woman, especially an older woman... Ton, you named two. <laughs> Yeah, well, preventing colds, reducing menopause symptoms, and helping with osteoporosis. Okay, three. That's, that's three. That's, that's a, a ton. ton. That's a ton. Okay. I um, thought you just had a dozen. <laughs> well, the New, G- New England Journal of Medicine, which followed over 12,000 elderly women, stated women who consistently were drinking about one half to one drink per day had both less cognitive impairment as well as less decline in their cognitive function compared to women who didn't drink at all. Were they testing while they were drinking? Um, yes. Oh. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Uh, the links are all to the, all these studies are in the article, which of course will be in our show notes. But uh, it appears that uh, beer, even later on in life, uh, and alcohol in general, has some pretty nice uh, health benefits that uh, should keep us all drinking uh, well into the grave. Well, my, I can tell you though, that, I mean, uh, not for women, but my grandfather did uh, outlive my grandmother by one year and he was a drinker yeah there you go <laughs> well i don't know it's uh, the nazi thing sounds interesting and yeah. I, it sounds like i could get some good jokes out of that maybe <laughs> okay go that way we'll go right. with, the, with the hate with the hate beer hate beer <laughs> well it's not what you think uh so basically there was an article on bloomberg that talked about a swedish brewery that's changing the way that we think about craft beer and it basically it's like it, it's kind of like those European brewers that really like to infuse a lot of art into their beer. And obviously you can't see the pictures, but we'll make the link up on our website and you can check them out. They have some very cool designs. Most of their beer bottles like are just pictures. Like there's really hardly hmm. any words or there are words that are sort of incorporated into the design, such as it's basically the back of a $1 bill where it says one. Well, because Nazis can't read and remember they, all the brooks <laughs> they burned. It's just pictures. <laughs> but in front of the one, they put they just like use looks like a sharpie, and they put a G, so it's gone. That's the name of their IPA. And then there's other things like candles or bird cages, uh, and basically what they are is they're gypsy brewers, much like uh, not Evil Twin, the other Meat Keller. He's Both, a gypsy actually. brewer too. Oh, yeah. there? okay. And basically, he actually, if you're looking to try this beer, and the name of the Swedish brewing team is Omni Polo. Uh, they actually said they just finished up brewing at Tired Hands, so I'm sure. Mm. Uh, Probably only at the brewery, but yeah, their collaboration brew might be down there. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's uh, two two dudes from Sweden uh, that basically they really wanted to. Um, one guy kind of like was really into art. The other guy was the brewer, so they decided to collaborate, and this is what they do. Now, when I said the Ku Klux Klan beer, basically, uh, one of their designs was, and you got to see this picture. It's basically um, you've seen uh, the beer bottles, like I think by like Mikeller, where they um, use paper and they kind of like twist it up at the top. 
Um, that's just kind of the outer packaging. Well, this was just white paper that they twisted up at the top, makes it look like a pointy hat. There's two black dots for the eye holes. And the name of the beer actually is called Yellow Belly. So it's actually a statement about the... Uh, yeah, I have it up here. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, it reminds me very much of the, I believe it is um, Dave Chappelle skit, where he talks about the... Uh, the designers who came up with the Ku Klux Klan outfits and how they make it look as stupidly ridiculous as possible and tell them that, like, oops, this is the only option if you want them by tomorrow just to make <laughs> them look like idiots. And mm-hmm. I always thought that was great because they look like pointy, pointy, pointy-headed ghosts, and that's not particularly intimidating. You know, they could have been, like, black knights or something that yeah. would be terrifying. But, I mean, <clears throat> their activities were terrifying, but a bunch of dudes in bed sheets that are pointy doesn't really like you know instill terror in my heart. I thought you were going to go for the African American KKK leader joke that Chappelle. <laughs> no, that had. was awesome. The dude who was <laughs> oh, yeah. blind, blind and, and yeah, yeah didn't that know was he was quite blind. possibly the greatest piece of comedy ever. <laughs> well, I don't know. His Rick James episode was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. And his Prince episode. He, yeah, he was pretty great all around. But the description of the beer was taste, enjoy, and don't be prejudiced, which I think is. <laughs> Words taste, enjoy, don't by. be prejudiced. Yeah, the graphic design on these are pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it's very kind of, I hate to say European, but just kind of like just, it's very sort of minimalistic almost. I look forward to see what you're coming up with, Mike, in a couple of years. Once oh, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm going to keep uh, honing my craft for sure. <laughs> exactly. But they actually, they're, they're gypsy brewers, so they still move around, but they have opened up a sort of brick and mortar venture uh, that they call Pizza Hut. I don't know how they're going to get away with that, but... Uh, it's basically just a pizza place in Sweden. They offer kind of like, it looks like wood-fired pizzas that are also very unique, and they have uh, their beers on tap there. Um, so if you're ever in the Sweden area, I definitely uh, look to seek these guys out. Or if you're local, maybe uh, a trip down to Tired Hands sometime soon cool. is, is on the menu. I would definitely be down for that. So I just thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, just something to, to check out. Awesome. Well, with that, let's move on to a little point-counterpoint. America's 17 Most Sought-After Beers Edition. So, uh, businessinsider.com, which is a weird place to find an article on craft beer, um, posted an article about uh, the most 17 uh, highest desirable uh, beers in America currently. And while I personally have given up my Ahab days of, of hunting the white whale, other than Westfellens 12, mm. which, a um, little sneak peek, we may get a sample of that later this summer, Ooh. which is pretty awesome. Um, I, basically I've gone to the point where there's so much good beer local of a reasonable price that going out of your way in order to, to, to hunt down ridiculously great beers at great length seems a little foolish. Um, you know, there was a time where I wanted to have everything on the top 100 beer list. And right now I don't care if it comes in within a reasonable circumference of where I'm at radius of where I'm at, maybe I'll make an effort, but I'm now no longer going to send Mike on a three-hour tour to Delaware to find <laughs> uh, to wait in line for a beer that doesn't a exist. Three-hour tour, yeah. really? Uh, you send him? Where did you? Well, well, I you didn't really necessarily send me. I sort of I called the person up when West Lettering Twelve supposedly hit the U.S. shores. Oh, that's right, yeah. And talked to because uh, we I looked up quick like where the local brewery right. or uh, distributors were, and the closest thing was Delaware, which it was there was a place like right over the border, so it was only about like forty minutes away. So I called him up, asked him. The guy on the phone said, yeah, we still have sun. So I got right in the car immediately, drove down the 40 minutes. And when I got in the store, I talked to someone. They're like, no, we sold out of that like an hour ago. So it's just one of those like bait and switch maneuvers. Yeah, which sucks. But 
Um, I also sent my sister in Ohio on a wild goose chase to find it as well, and we didn't get lucky. There's been a couple of near misses with that beer, which is why it's the only one left. It's the only one that... Near hits. Yes. Yes. Not near, near misses. Hits. Well, oh, yeah, true. Good no. point. No, not near... Near, near miss near... means you hit it. Yeah, he's right. right. Exactly. Yeah. So we didn't get Carlin. the beer, yeah. so it would be a near <laughs> near hit. We had a couple of near hits. Um, but, uh, yeah. Anyway... So here's a list of the 17 uh, most sought-after beers in America, <laughs> according to businessinsider.com. And I thought we could talk about the ones that we've had, whether we've heard of all of these beers, whether we would go well out of our way to get them, mm-hmm. and to see if we really are in a rare craft beer drought in our area as Ooh. much as we would think we are. So number 17 was Bourbon County uh, series, so basically the Bourbon County Stout from Goose Island Brewery. Which is particularly interesting because they no longer really are a craft brewery, considering they're completely owned by AB InBev. But um, this is actually a really fantastic. Uh, the Bourbon County Stout from Goose Island is ridiculous. Um, I don't think I had any this year. I don't, I don't, I'm trying to think. I don't think I ever had it before. Really? I mean, I definitely had the KBS, but I can't ever remember having the Bourbon County. I believe Justin Klon, a uh, friend of the show who was on our uh, main beer episode, got like a year and plus now. Um, he f- has had a uh, a source for it out of Maryland um, for the past two years, and yes. I think at a party or an event or something he did share. And um, I believe there was an event last year for somebody locally who had it, and I had it, and it was pretty good. It's good. It's very similar to KBS. Mm-hmm. They're very very similar beers, um, and, and which is you know high compliment, you know, um, for sure. Um, so it's very, very good. I don't see why it wouldn't be. But, uh, yeah, there is a huge cult following for this. There are people who are willing to pay obscene amount of money for this beer. Um, I think, like, the MSRP is something that's reasonable per bottle, and it sells for way higher than that in a lot of places. It's very similar to the um, the problem we had with KBS this year, where $10 for a 10-ounce pour is, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, And then some places were even more expensive than that. Yeah, not-so-friendly places. <laughs> <laughs> So number 16 is actually a local uh, favorite, Nugget Nectar. Never what? heard of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Never had it, yeah. Um, clearly, anyone who's a long-time listener to the show will know that we rave about this beer. Yeah. It is one of our, our most forward-to-looking, coming-out beers. Um, all of our social group tends to go nuts when this comes out, mm-hmm. and it's well, well-deserved. It's a great beer. I'm surprised it actually made the list, though. I mean, I know most on the list, I'd say at least half. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like they're much rarer. I mean... Maybe it's just because obviously yeah. we're very close to the source, so I feel like it's around. Obviously, not not as long as I would care for, but at least a good month, I'd say. Yeah, and I don't feel like um, the article talked about people who have like release days and, mm-hmm. and wait outside of a brewery for twenty four yeah. hours to to even get a chance to have the beer and stuff. And Nugget Nectar, um, while clearly it doesn't go too far out of the region, um, certainly is omnipresent in the region when it releases. Yeah, so whenever you like want it, ever, it's here. Yeah. yeah, it's certainly not the rarest beer from Trogues. That would be something in their Splinter series or along those lines or even like naked elf or something yeah something like that so and i would actually say out of trogues beers that have the biggest following i would say that uh, mad elf would have a much larger following than nugget nectar by popular vote probably yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh number 15 i believe mike you've had this utopias i did finally get to try this one this was one that actually when i first started getting into beer was sort of my white whale because mm. it was like um it, uh, Sam Adams had like started this like a long time ago. They only brewed it every other year, and originally when they released it, it was like a hundred and some dollars a bottle. Yeah. Since then, I think it's come down a little bit, but it's still definitely something you really don't see. And so I finally did get to try some, and it was very, very viscous, very chewy because it is like twenty. At the time, it was the most uh, 
alcoholic beer out there. It's been since far surpassed, but 20-some%. So it's, an, uh, it's, it's a barley wine from Sam Adams. The, uh, the bottle is actually pretty intensely awesome looking. Yeah, actually the bottle is very um, cool. So the price <laughs> is a little bit there. Um, uh, the ABV is f- anywhere between 24 and 30%. Okay. And uh, yeah, and apparently it often sells if you're going gray market on these things for two hundred dollars a bottle. Huh. So some people are willing to pay ridiculous amounts of money for uh, you know a, a taste of this, like a normal beer bottle, like what you have there. Uh, no, I think it's a it's a bigger bottle than that. Uh, it's just it's the shape. It's a shape you'll never see. I don't think it's made out of glass per se, but it looks like a copper kettle. Okay, like the top lamp. half of it. So the neck is like the neck of the copper kettle, and then it sort of goes out into that um half circle shape all right there yeah. it is uh and it, it was fun to finally get to try but i was just kind of like oh okay that's what it tastes like i wasn't really blown away like i would never really never try to seek it out again hmm, and if i saw it for like you know ten dollars a pint or something i wouldn't wouldn't buy it interesting uh number 14 of course is hetty topper mm. uh, as we know we've had it a couple of times here because we are somewhat close to vermont and have reasonable connections there but uh and very low in the list especially for something that's very hard to get even in vermont yeah and that's part of the problem is their distribution is just so incredibly limited that people go and at this point they don't even have um like you can't go to the brewery itself uh to buy it you literally have to wait for their like pop-up um events where they basically take out a truck and they pop it up in a park somewhere and sell beer out of the back of it um for to really get like so, if you're gonna go up to Vermont and you think, "Oh, I'll just pop into the Alchemist store and I'll buy a case of Hattie Topper," that ain't happening, buddy. You know that's why it's particularly difficult to get your hands on it. Well, how do you get it? You how did I like... get it? Um, well, the first time was we, we got a can from uh, Timmy O'Brien. Um, yeah, but how do you even... get it? What if you go up to Vermont? But, well, they still distribute. So there's distributors who then sell it in uh, carryout stores okay. and, and yeah. that kind of thing. But um, it's not like. Like, if it's like a nectar season, you can just show up to Trogues and they will have cases yeah. there. You know, I don't know if uh, probably Utopias probably wouldn't be at Sam Adams um, up in Boston necessarily. Um, that might also be a pretty hard one to find. But a lot of these other ones, if you are at the brewery the day that they're released, you can get your hands on some of this. But there's no such thing as the brewery for the Alchemist because you're not allowed to go there because they've they had so much traffic that the town basically said no we're not allowed we're not allowing like hundreds of people a day to show up here and ruin our town i could see that it was a small town i was luckily able to get some uh right before i think it really took off because i had never heard of it before i just stopped in because we were on Mm -hmm. that beer tour of vermont yeah and i was like oh the alchemist that's a pretty cool name what do you got you have one beer shit okay i hope it's good yeah i'll you know Give me uh, four. You know, they still sell four packs. Right, yeah. And I remember being like, "This is a good goddamn beer." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- this one we know uh, from having had it several times that it's it's worth the price of admission. It's not. They're not selling it for an obscene price. No. Um, there are places where you can get it for a, a significant markup, but um, you're not talking thirty dollars a can. You know, you're talking maybe eleven dollars a can worst that I've ever seen it. Um, it's just hard to get your hands on, but as we all know, it is. Pretty it's head and worth it. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. So the next one is I've never heard of King Sue from Topping Goliath Brewing Company. Where are they from? They are a Iowa-based brewery. Oh yeah. Um, so this is an experimental double IPA. Apparently became so popular amongst drinkers that the brewery is making more and bottling it for the first time in 2015. So I guess last year it was so damn popular with people that uh, they finally decided, hey, we should make this maybe a flagship. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So they're just bu- so what you had to buy it at the shop. There? Oh, yeah, apparently it would be like a Trug Scratch series or something, or like when Victory before Dirt Wolf. Well, it seems Wolf. like such a small sample size. I mean, if it's like if you're only getting the people who are there who come up to your brewery, who are mind you fans to begin with, to go up to your brewery. Well, the biggest problem is that uh, Top and Goliath uh, only distributes to the northern Midwest, and who the fuck lives in the northern Midwest? That is one of the big problems. Is nobody lives there? Nobody yeah. wants to live there. Who would have thought Middle America would have had like bunch a bunch of Mormons in demand beer? <laughs> Uh, they don't call them flyover states for nothing, guys. <laughs> Sorry, listeners in Iowa. <laughs> uh, so the next beer, number 12, is Parabola from uh, Firestone Walker Brewing Company. I've heard very good things about this, but I have not uh, managed to have this myself yet. I have tried this. Uh, a friend of ours who is a big beer nut, probably more so than you and me combined. It's <laughs> all, all three combined. Uh, he decided to let, let us have one of his, I think it was a 2012 edition. I think we had it in 2013. So, when we did our uh, like annual Christmas date night, we took that along with us and opened it up, and it was a very, very good beer. Excellent. Very complex, delicious. Still, still went down easy. Um, yeah, Parabola is very good. So it's an imperial stout, about 14% ABV. Um, Business Insider describes it as having bourbon, tobacco, and espresso aromas, with roasted malt, bourbon, and vanilla tastes. Yeah, it does actually have some tobacco notes to it. I remember that. Um, it's been called perfection in a glass, a beer you have to have before you die. It, yeah, and I, I mean the latter. The latter statement, I would say, a beer you have to have before you die. Yeah. I was actually surprised. I didn't realize it was that uh, rare. Like, how much do they say they make? Not much. Um, it doesn't say, but uh, yeah, apparently it's not a ton. No, it's a low amount. Oh, uh, apparently the brewery only released in 2014 3,500 bottles. Yeah, that's... and with Firestone only going to 19 states, that's going to be pretty hard. So number 11 is probably going to be Jesse's favorite of the bunch. It's uh, Sexual Chocolate from <laughs> Foothills Brewing Company. Uh, so this is apparently a Russian Imperial Stout and they uh, from Foothills Brewing Company. And uh, apparently it's uh, they released it in winter, and it's so popular that they hold a release party the night before. Customers are free to line up out to the brewery at 2 a.m., wait until the brewery opens at 6.30 a.m., and go to the pub for Sexual Chocolate on tap at 8 a.m. and buy <laughs> bottles, which go on sale at 9 a.m. Um Wow. So apparently um, they held an auction this year for a beer goblet, a gift card, and three spots at the front of the line for sexual chocolate, and bidding got close to $300 for that lineup. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's sexual chocolate. Sounds very interesting, and I would actually maybe want to hunt that one down uh, just because the name is hilarious. I want to tell yeah. people I had a beer called Sexual Chocolate. Isn't that from South Park, the chef? Was it intended to a song? Yeah, he did. Yeah, sex- I mean, he had, <laughs> I know he had chocolate salty balls, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, number 10 is one that we've uh, never heard of or spoke about ever Hop Slam from Bell's Brewery. Oh, never heard of that. Yeah, so that's a double IPA from Bell's. I still can't believe that one's higher than Heady Topper. Yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, it's a good beer. I felt that it hasn't quite been as good in recent years. I think mm-hmm. we've discussed that um, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had our Lagunita sucks versus Hop Slam debate. We've had our um, opinions of this year's versus last year's and last year's versus the year before. Um, it is a fine beer. If you can get your hands on it, definitely do. Mm-hmm. Um, it is also one that doesn't necessarily have an insane markup the way that it does other places. But it is seasonable. Uh, yeah, it is a seasonal release. And its distribution for Bells is limited to 21 states, so it can turn uh, a little insane. And as we know, getting cases of it around here is particularly hard. It might not be that hard to necessarily get the beer itself, if you're paying attention. No. But uh, getting cases of it, just they get snapped up by pre-orders. Yeah, it's going to have to try that next year, but we'll see. I feel like you have to like know the beer distributor to mm-hmm. almost like get on that list. 
it's true. I had an article about that I was considering putting in the episode today just about that. Um, hmm. The people who pop into a place and want the rare beer and that uh, distributors were intentionally tell them that they're out when they're not because they'd rather sell it to loyal customers as opposed to new guys who are just kind of trying to um, poach the uh, good beer when it comes in. Interesting. Hmm. Number nine is another one that we've never spoken about or ever had before. A 120-minute IPA from Dogfish Head. Uh, the 120. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, maybe it's just like, again, like uh, we're spoiled because of the proximity to the brewery, but it's not something that like I go nuts for. I know mm. definitely some people do. Like I believe uh, uh, my friend Mark, he, he actually tries to like get one from every year that they've ever made them. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember him saying yeah, exactly. yeah. I think it like, started in, what, 2003, I think, with that one. And yeah, he's, he's collecting vintages. I think I'm still trying to work off the buzz for, buzz for my second one. <laughs> yeah. It's very alcoholic. I think I've only very had thick. two. My my white whale for that one actually is trying to find it on keg, which I've only ever seen around here once. Oh yeah, uh, it's very unique. Brandy's of all keg. places. Oh okay. Yeah, I Brandy's had it, it on keg last year. Oh nice. Yeah. Oh, the only place I've ever seen it was actually um, Shanks. Huh. Marietta. Yeah, it was. They had it on for quite a while, and it was like, yeah, you get one of these, and then you're done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They weren't dumb about it. So number eight is another big one that comes out around here, Kentucky Breakfast Stout or KBS from Founders. Uh, obviously, we've had this. We celebrate KBS Day when yep. it comes to the fridge. And again, um, remarkably delicious beer. Uh, very similar to the Bourbon Valley County Stout. I imagine probably somewhat similar to Parabola. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Are you? Uh, do you still have yours or are you aging yours? I still have two KBSs in my two? fridge. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I still got the one downstairs. I have to remember to hide them when party time comes but yeah, exactly. uh, uh yeah i'm holding on to my kbs's uh i think those mellow a, a little nicer over yes. a, over time you know i've never had one, one for your birthday um i may if it comes down to that um I mean, it could just be for you i'm just saying for your birthday uh we'll see what how crazy it gets i don't want to get too unbelievably shit-faced and uh but we'll see how birthday. the trough party goes but uh <laughs> maybe maybe have a contest where uh whoever brings the crappiest beer uh, has to drink some of the KBS, and I'll drink their crappy beer as like. Um, All right, that'd be fun. On, um, <laughs> well, not you guys, but if, if it wasn't so hard to come by, it'd be great to like stick that like deep under the trough, like kind of a Where's Waldo thing, like someone that's like digging around in the ice. It's like, what's this? Holy shit! Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> who put this in here? Uh, well, no. The other day I was at uh, Long's Park, and Justin Stillman was there, and he had Miller Light and uh, Coors Light. Sorry, Coors Light. Um, in the car, and I, you know, it was hot, and it was it was actually quite refreshing, very cold <laughs> on a hot day. I was like, wow, this isn't too bad. But he's the guy who always drinks really, really light beers. I would love to say, try this and tell me what you think, as like somebody who isn't necessarily into craft beer and just <clears throat> likes his his cheap stuff. Would this be something that, for no expense to him, is it really going to knock his socks off? So number seven is Hunapu's Imperial Stout from Cigar, Cigar City Brewing Company out of Florida. Uh, so apparently it's released on Hunapu Day, which uh, is March 14th. Um, it's Imperial Stout. Uh, most of these are pretty strong beers. Um, so apparently uh, they have a ticketed day where you can come down to the Big Bash and enjoy this beer. Um, and the party apparently goes on light. And uh, apparently it's crazy. Uh, it's, it's a ticketed event costing $200 a person and usually sells out immediately. So good luck trying to get your hands on that one. I've heard good things about Cigar City. Like people really seem to be fanatical about this brewery. I've had a bunch of their stuff, um, having been down that way a couple of times uh, visiting my uh, girlfriend's parents. But uh, um, never saw this. Uh, the stuff they have is actually really, really good. But I haven't, I haven't seen this. Um, probably because it's two hundred dollars a ticket on a particular day in the March. Mm. So number six, um, 
heard about it. It's uh, dinner from Maine Beer Company. So we've had lunch, and we've had lunch on the show. <laughs> yes, yes, we have. But we've had not dinner, and I'm waiting for them to make supper. Yep. Uh, Second so, breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> so dinner is Lemon a 8.2% ABV double IPA, a hop twice for strong floral aromas and flavor. Uh, the beer is sold on first-come, first-served basis with a limit of one case of beer per customer at Maine Brewing Company. So dinner was a remarkably clean IPA, so I have to imagine that dinner is equally high quality. I'm kicking myself because I was in Maine last year, actually, when this was released, but I didn't really know about it when I went up there. And actually, mm-hmm. I had intended to stop in at Maine Beer Company, uh, but the day I went through there was Monday, and they were closed. Bummer. Yes. Bummer. Bummer. That's rough. Mm-hmm. So the next one, number five, barrel-aged Braxis from Perennial Artisan Ales. So this is a dark, dark and sultry imperial stout aged for 12 months in Rittenhouse rye barrels. Mm. So it comes in about 11% ABV, uh, brewed with exotic additives like uh, cacao nibs, vanilla bean, ancho chilies, and cinnamon. So last year's release was first come, first serve from the St. Louis Brewery. Some bottles were also available from purchase online after the release event, but only for those whose lottery tickets were drawn. So again, this is a... Uh, small quantity beer that is highly sought after can't say that i've had that one Hmm. number four black tuesday from the brewery now the brewery's got a bunch of really nice rare beers Uh, Mm -hmm. they make a lot of great stuff but this is a 19 percent abv bourbon barrel aged imperial stout so you're talking another one of those crazy strong beers um so apparently uh let's see the they had a drawing followed by an extended purchase period during which those whose tickets were not drawn could purchase one of the $30 bottle of beer if there were any left after their release party. In 2012, 3,000 bottles of beer were sold in 10 minutes. Wow. Um, so it's, <laughs> apparently there's a quote from a, a local, from the, from the brewery's Facebook page. One commenter wrote, no, don't worry, 2,700 of them will be on eBay in about 15 <laughs> minutes. Um, so number three. It's one I would like to try at some point, and that is uh, Pliny the Younger from Russian River Brewing Company. Yeah, So Pliny the Younger is like its cousin, Pliny the Elder, and that's an IPA. The Younger has a higher alcohol volume and is even harder to get than the Elder. So apparently Elder is found year-round only in California and parts of the north and southwest. Uh, The brewery refuses to export the beer elsewhere, so it doesn't compromise the integrity of the delicate hops. The Younger is available on draft only at the Santa Rosa, California Brew Pub until it runs out, usually the same day it's released. Hmm. So the Younger is a triple IPA with an alcohol percentage of about 10.25% and seven different kinds of hops. So again, I know that that, I know the Elder is in Philadelphia fairly regularly, but mm-hmm. I don't know if the Younger actually ever makes it there. I've, I've heard the Younger has been there. Okay. Uh, apparently certain suburb areas get it, according to the Reddit at least. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's very ephemeral. And then, of course, number two from Three Floyds Brewing Company, Dark Lord, oh. which has its own Dark Lord Day, which is probably my favorite of all the days Dark, that yeah, we're talking like about. Name, yeah. um, a 24-hour ordeal during which people wait hours in line outside the brewery just to get a taste. Uh, so this year it was April 25th, and people were already lining up by 12.30 in the morning. People are incredibly de- de- devoted to this Imperial Stout that's about 15% ABV. Um, the beer is only available at the brewery in Munster, Indiana. So who the hell wants to go to Indiana just for a beer? It's not sold in bars or stores, so pretty much you're only going to get it. Um, apparently, uh, there are people who are attempting to resell it on Craigslist. And apparently, they're trying to sell it for $225 a bottle or more. Whoa. So, yeah. Holy crap. And number one, from Hair of the Dog Brewing Company, Dave. <laughs> 
little anticlimactic, but the name of the beer is just Dave. Uh, so the description says, if you're waiting for the next time Hair of the Dog releases Dave, the 29% ABV barley wine named after Dave Keen, owner of the craft beer bar in the Toronado, you better make yourself comfortable. Dave was most recently released with a dozen with a dozen bottles in September 2013. The going rate about two thousand dollars a piece, <coughs> and even at that price, they sold out within a matter of hours. Huh. The beer is so desirable because it has been aging in barrels for nearly 20 years, which is longer than some wines. Word has it the Portland, Oregon brewery still has some Dave left in its reserves, but there's no word on yet when. The brewer will release another round. So a 20-year-old beer that sells for $2,000 a bottle. That's definitely some commitment. Yeah, because you had to pay for all that money for it to sit there. I mean, you're paying for storage fees. It's a storage fee there. Well, that's a serious commitment from the buyer, $2,000 for a beer. I mean, that's one of the things where, like, do you put it on a shelf and then say, this is the beer that I'm continuing to age for another decade because I can't possibly justify <laughs> opening it. When is the event that's worth a $2,000 beer? You yeah. know, like, no, I say you bong it. Just <laughs> shotgun it as yeah. quick as possible. What nice. if it's terrible? What if you're like, yes, and then you drink it and you're just like, oh, 20 oh. years, it tastes like shit. Like, So amongst the three of us, we've had KBS, 120-minute, Hop Slam. Uh, you said you had Parabola, yep. Hattie Topper, mm-hmm. Utopius, yeah. Nugget Nectar, and Bourbon County Stout. So you have at eight of the top 17 most desirable beers. It's about half. Just just about. Pretty much anything that doesn't be brewery only, I think we've had our hands on. Yeah. Is pretty much what it comes down to. So not bad. I mean, that's not bad. No, yeah. it's not bad at all. And I got to say, of the eight that we've had, all of them have been top-notch beers. So I don't really disagree with anything on this list. It's not like... Something. I think this list is more of like a list of beers that could be number one or could be within yeah. the top 10. It's kind of like they're just like, I mean, Hedy Topper was what? You said 14 or something like that? Yeah, 14. 14. It's, it's, these are all like just superior beers and we just leave it like that. That that make that they make three bottles of it a year. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah there was yeah, some listing that there was a listing that I forget what I read recently where they had, um, I think they did li- list like they were listing like top 100 beers or something like that, but they refused to list them in, in an order. Mm. And I thought that was neat. And it's like, look, yeah. these are just really great beers. Yeah. And who's to say what's better? Well, it's like picking the top five, top ten songs of all time. Like, that's impossible. Well, do you want me to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right of Spring. Can you do it right now? And then the, <laughs> the, the Beatles, the Beatles, the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Really? Like, no. I'm joking. Okay. They would take a lot longer yeah. than right. that. Yeah. <laughs> But that was I'm interesting. Very intrigued. Yeah. And uh, jeez, I don't know what I would say. Keep an eye out for any of these things. You know, if a bottle of Dave comes across my table someday, you know, and it's sixty bucks for a bottle, I might grab that. But uh, I'm not paying two grand for a goddamn beer. No, 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 no. no, no. no it's okay. Yeah, I, I would actually rather make my own. What style was it? Uh, barley wine, I think. Barley wine, and age it for twenty years and yeah. pay two grand for it. Barley wine. So, Mike, tell us about your segment for today. So we're calling this "A Man Walks Into a Store." So we all know and love our local bottle shops, but camping this weekend reminded me that sometimes we are a fish out of water. Sure, Google can be our friend and point us in the right direction, but not every corner of the globe has an excellent variety of delicious ales at their uh, particular establishment. Pardon me. So I'm going to name three beers that you might be faced with picking up should no better choices present themselves. And now I have two choices for you. One, I can name the three beers, and you can just tell me which one you prefer out of the three. Okay. Or we can do this uh, as a game sort of akin to Fuck, Mary Kill, which is a game I call Buy, Drink, or Pour. Okay. Whereas you must, you know, the three beers, you buy it, but you can't drink it. You can drink it, or you have to just pour it down the drain. 
I'm I'm more noticing that uh, earlier in the podcast you said f something and now you're just saying fuck. Yes, I said effing. I figured I I, I met my quota of one swear word. Okay. I'm down for uh, buy drink pour. I think that's a little bit more challenging. Okay, down for that. All right, all right. So who wants to go first? Um, are we all going to answer the same thing? Sure. How about we do that? Okay. Okay. All right. First one. Heady Topper, KBS, Hop Slam. Buy, drink, pour. Okay, I got this. So, I'm going to go with uh, Hop Slam for the buy. Okay. Because it's generally cheap. Um, Heady Topper is usually a little bit cheaper, but uh, that's going to be my choice to drink because that's my favorite of the three. And the pour, as much as it would kill me, uh, that's the game, I would pour out the KBS just because I'd, I Heady Topper is my favorite of the three. And Hop Slam is generally a lot cheaper than KBS, so that yeah. just seems to make the best, best choice of all three. Wait, so you're gonna buy something but you can't drink it? Then what's right. the point of buying it? Because well, you have to. You have to. Then it's all like, oh, what I want to drink versus two that I don't. Well, maybe you want to like give a beer to a certain person. Maybe you want to sell a beer. Like if you could buy Heady Topper mm. and resell it for a hundred bucks to someone crazy. You could do that. Well, I, mean, I didn't think about that. That's actually. I guess I would drink the KBS because I've never had it before. Good. Okay. And then. Wait, what? Yeah, I've never had it. Really? Yeah, that's what I, I tried to say that earlier. Yeah. Well, oh my. Yeah. We, we will rectify that on well, my please, birthday, sir. Please, let's have a happy birthday. <laughs> Let us do that. Yes. Um. And then I would. Uh, I guess I would buy the Heady Topper because at least I have it then, mm-hmm. um, and give it to anybody. No, I would just have it. Um, <laughs> that, that works. Yeah. Can I drink that and gloat in front of people? Look <laughs> what I have. Yeah, there was good drink. Poor Hop Slam because uh, you guys raved about how awesome it was before I had it, and yeah. then all the subsequent times that I've had it, it wasn't. Well, I mean, it was great. It was still yeah, a yeah. good yeah. beer, yes. but I mean, I like the sucks more. All right. How about oh. the other one? Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> I have to have a sucks right here. As Jesse oh, says. Let's, oh, let's, yeah. let's open this up. Those two. Yeah, the non-court varieties. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I just a real quick question. So, Hunger and Thirst sells the quarts for eight. Uh, the fridge does it for nine. We bought one in Brenny's. Guess how much we paid? Seven. Oh, no, Ooh, go the more? other direction. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, eleven. Thirteen. Thir- wow. Because they have no prices there, so we're just like, oh, this sucks. They have it at Brenny's. It's cool. Ooh, but. We can edit that out later. Usually they're not that bad on pricing. Yeah, that's kind of like interesting. So Mike, what would you go? Heady Topper, KBS, or Hop Slam? I'd buy the KBS, drink the Heady, and pour the Hop Slam. So we're all in agreement on the Hop Slam at least. Okay. Oh, well, I said I'd pour the K- KBS to be honest. Because I said the Hop Slam was cheaper to buy. Oh, okay. I didn't think about the resale value. That That's a good point. I'm not trying to invest the in KBS. it. Yeah. I know. It seems like that's why this is a hilarious thing. This is why uh, Mary Fuck Kill is awesome because it <laughs> yeah. forces some really interesting discussions. So what's the, what's the next lineup there, Mike? All right. Summer Love, Lancaster Kolsch, and Bitter American by Ooh. 21st Amendment. Mm. Mm. Buy the Summer Love, drink the 21st, pour the Kolsch. Mm. Ooh. This is very context-driven for me. I love Lancaster's Kolsch as a tubing beer, but really only as a tubing beer. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say that would be my most favorite to drink if I was tubing. Okay. Um, in general, uh, I would say I agree with Jesse, like, absolutely, completely, that I would buy the Summer Love, pour the Kolsch, and drink the Bitter American. Yep. Uh, I agree with Jesse, too. Awesome. Booyah. All right, next one. Budweiser, Corona. Ah. Corona. Or old Milwaukee. 
<laughs> oh, I right. drink the Corona because that's the only one of those three that I can tolerate. Yeah. Um, probably pour the Budweiser just on principle. I fucking hate Budweiser. Mm-hmm. I hate it on principle. I hate it on taste. I hate it on everything. And then I would probably, I guess, buy the old Milwaukee, which would be remarkably cheap. So, you know, that feels like a win-win. Yeah. I don't know. That sounds like that commercial. It sounds like you're being uh, kind of pretentious, remember? <laughs> what I love is that Corona's got the clear white glass in order to intentionally skunk the beer. You know they're, they're not doing that. Counting, they're canning it. They're canning Corona. Mm-hmm. So how do they plan for that? Do they pre-skunk the beer and oh, then put it in What's cans? it going to taste like fresh? Big, yeah, exactly. <laughs> big glass fermenters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the hell? So that's weird. But anyway, Jesse, what was your Budweiser, Corona? Oh, it was Milwaukee. the same thing. It was okay. uh, yeah. Mike? Mine's slightly different. I'd pour the Budweiser, I'd buy the Corona, and I'd drink the old Milwaukee. Oh, actually. all right. Yeah. Okay. I don't like Corona. Don't like it. All right. So, Rob, you might have been faced with this choice because you were up in the northern tier of Pennsylvania. Stroh's, Genesee, and Straub. Uh, I assume Genesee Cream Ale? Yes. Uh, oof. I'd buy the Stroh's because that is cheap as shit. Okay. I drink the Genesee because, you know, it's a relatively, and I hate to say this, Lou, if you're listening, I'm not blaming your taste, but it's <laughs> relatively tasteless. It's pretty much all he ever drinks. Mm. Um, and the straw, I guess, is what the... Um, poor. Poor, yeah. Okay. I'm okay I don't know choice. any of these beers. No, you never had any of them? No. That's good for good for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually probably drink the straw, pour oh, okay. the sh- Genesee, and buy the Stroh's. Um, Stroh's Light is what James Lipko always drinks at his parties and then he always it's, brags how he hate drank 18 beers in a night and I'm it's like, a beer that doesn't get you drunk yeah it pretty much is uh it's pretty amazing it's like yeah i had 24 of these in an hour and i'm slightly buzzed like okay you're drinking a 1.2 percent beer or whatever it's really really light uh cool all right here's one that's a little like uh breweries you might know but beers they might not know yards brawler victory's goose mm-hmm. and trog's troganator Ooh. <coughs> Oh, wow! All right, so um, pour the goes. Okay, I'm going to drink the Troganator mm. and buy the Brawler. I'm going to drink the goes. Uh, pour the Brawler and buy the Troganator. Interesting. I agree with Jesse. Okay. I think you said you said drink the Troganator, buy the Brawler, pour the goose. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's what I did. Okay. Yeah, that, that that's one I was kind of like, well, you know, I thought of the Yards Brawler, and it's like, I like Yards, but the Brawler is like a very odd yeah, beer. It, yeah. well, what, but it has a neat label if I'm going to buy a label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Pugilist <laughs> on it. Irish almost, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, what else? I was like, well, that new Goose by Victory, that was sort of like a... Oh, mm, I did not like that. Yeah, love was it or like hated cherry it. thing or whatever? Yeah, the Cherry Goose, yep. Yeah. So I was like, what does Trogues make? And I was like, Troganator, I mean, most people love it, but I I don't care for it. So... I, but obviously, I would drink it. So, yeah. okay. Next, let's go a little uh, wheat heavy. Uh, Omegong's Hennepin, Dreamweaver Wheat, or Aprihop by Dogfish. Hmm. That's a tough one. I like the Dreamweaver. I do too. I like that too. I also like Aprihop. Um, I think in general, I'd probably drink the Dreamweaver by the Aprihop because I like the label. Mm-hmm. It's very pretty. And then probably pour the hennepin. No, I'm going to agree with you on that. I agree. Cool. Uh, thirdly. Oh, my God. This is the toughest one, I think. All right. So you you stumbled onto like a bottle shop, maybe around the beach somewhere, but they don't really care about beer, and all they have is really leftovers from last year's seasonal. <laughs> so you have a choice between Pumpkin, Mad Elf, or Blue Moon. All right. So I'm going to drink the Mad Elf. Okay. Now buy, oh. the, buy the Blue Moon. 
Interesting. And okay. then pour the pumpkin. Yeah, because I don't like flavored beers like pumpkin. I'm going to say fuck Blue Moon and pour that. Okay. Just fuck Blue Moon. <laughs> um, fake ass crap beer. Um, I would also drink the Mad Elf. Um, even though I'm not the biggest fan of that beer, just because it would get me shit faced. And then pumpkin is actually really amazingly popular around that particular season. Aye. So I'd hold on to that for when friends are like, "Oh, I need to get me like a case of that." I'd be like, "Well, looky here, yeah. I have that." That that's a good good reasoning. I yeah. I probably have to agree with Jesse just because I hate pumpkin, especially right now. I the, the mad, like me imagining drinking pumpkin yeah. makes me feel gross. So I'd pour that. I would drink the Mad Elf simply because it is the probably highest percentage to get me drunk. You just drink that first, and you won't care what you do yeah. next. Buy Blue Moon. It's cheap, and somebody will take it. So, and lastly, uh, a mixer of the Horny Goat, a case of Titan by Great Divide, but oh. it's one year old. And a half keg of Wacker. Which, which is, one's the Titan? The Titan is their regular IPA, not yeah. the double. Okay. That does change things. I do like their Titan, though. The reason I asked this question is because that was my choice earlier at Kirkner's. Ah, jeez. I would probably pour the one-year-old Titan. That's going to be pretty stale mm-hmm. and not tasty. Uh, I would probably... Well, I guess it depends on the what... Which, which 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 whacker beer it is? They did not say. It simply said a half keg whacker, but I will say the half keg costs one hundred sixty four ninety. Whoa. Okay. Well, then I will drink the whacker regardless of what <laughs> it is, and buy the horny goat mixture mixer because that's got to be way cheaper than one hundred and sixty oh, fucking. I bucks. don't even want the horny goat though. <laughs> Yeah, after drinking the watermelon beer, I don't either. Um, I think that's the option though. Is you just have to buy it and then. Can you buy something and then pour it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, just keep it in your refrigerator for all time and people yeah, will grab and someone it else will drink it. it. So, yeah, I actually, I'm going to agree with Rob and then on this too. Yeah. I would drink the Wacker. I would buy the one year old Titan because despite the fact that I'm sure it's stale shit, it was half off. Oh. Well, and the cheap ass of me just wants to buy it. I bought the Bitter American there. That was also on sale, uh, but that it was definitely stale. You could taste it, so I'm sure anything with hops is really going to taste bad. What was the Hog Island you had that was like out of production for a year? Oh yes, the Oyster Stout. <laughs> for some reason, like a beer that apparently was out of production for two years, I bought from this <laughs> beer distributor, and it had been canned two years previous. It had like a 2012 date on it. Damn. Uh, Wait, is that something we had here? Yes, yeah, yeah, I brought it over. And it was delicious. I, I mean, I'm it's sorry, a good beer I'm, to I'm, age. But I feel like I'm about to gag. I thought this was a bad thing, wasn't it? Or was this a slumming it? No, actually, no. This was good. It was, it, it was tasty. Okay. I don't it was, know if it won beer versus... Was it a beer versus beer beer? No, or was I think it I just a, brought it over, and okay. I was like, oh, this is really good. But then I was like... I looked it up, and that's when I said it was retired. I'm like, what do you mean retired? I just bought this beer. And then when I actually looked at the bottom of the can, I was like, oh, well, it has been a while since I brewed this. Interesting. So, yeah, the... Uh, they luckily Great Divide stamps their cases on the outside. So when I looked at it, and they had turned it to the back, it had been bottled <laughs> July 2nd or something. So it's pretty much coming up on a... A year old, and I'm sure it's going to be oxidized. Like even just talking to Joel, like he was talking about oxidized hops in mm. a beer that was maybe bre- uh, brewed two months ago. Yeah, so. oh, he's wow. really, really up on. I mean, because he gets to drink it straight from the Trogs tap. Um, Joel Bigler, friend, yeah. friend of the show, and uh, yeah, he's like, um, he. There are guys at Trogs you can tell um, that like Troganator or other beers from nugget nectar or whatever are like oh yeah that's two days old you know because they can taste the distinction because they're constantly drinking like fresh off the line beer all the time so um yeah he definitely is all like i want it from a keg and i want to know that it was brewed like a week ago versus buying it in a bottle where he doesn't trust when it's been brewed 
So he's like super pretentious. Well, about I need that to go check that case of Great Divide I just bought. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, double check that. Yeah, because I mean, I've been actually like beer distributors where they had stuff on the shelves that's been kind of old. Um, I, I won't call them out, but there's been a couple of things where I actually, think you should call them out. I don't know well, why this should. Uh, people uh, should know. Well, people should know. That's why I suggest always checking because. I bought some stuff, and as I was paying for it, I decided to look at the date, and it was like, oh, I'm buying an IPA that was actually kind of a year old, and I was like, ah, shit. Like, yeah. Now, like, certain styles, obviously, like the, the stouts and stuff, you might, barley wines, uh, stronger beers that aren't IPAs, we're not relying on the hops for flavoring as much. Um, that's actually not a bad thing, you know? You want to have a Russian Imperial Stout that's been sitting on a, on a case somewhere, you know, in a air-conditioned building for a year, that's only going to make it better. But if you're if you're buying, like, an IPA or double IPA, pale ale or something and it's it's sitting on the shelf for a while it's only going to make the flavor worse over time hmm. so yeah pretty important and just to to um acknowledge what i did i i bought the mixer of horny goat but actually after having two i wish i would have poured it i would have bought <laughs> i would have bought the one-year-old titan just because it was cheaper yeah really where did you go for this uh that distributor off centerville road okay near giant no wait did i say centerville i meant Charlestown. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's a surprise. Interesting. But that's where I got our uh, beer camp. Yeah. 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 And I mean, they were forward with it. Like the other beer distributor where I bought the old beer, it was just on sale for full price. So at least that pl- uh, place I went to, when they have old stuff, they they cut it in half. Yeah. I mean, they should really... Ideally, breweries should be buying back their old crap. Uh, Sam Adams does that, and I have to applaud them for doing so, that they want to make sure that if you buy boston lager that it tastes the way they wanted you to taste not that you're going to have a bottle that's a year old and be like what the hell is this this is gross they want to make sure that you get that repeat business because yeah. it's it's remarkably unfair that if mike were to buy that titan and be like ah i drank a whole case of it and eh, when fresh titan is actually really delicious you know yeah. that's a, it's a disservice to their own brand so um but obviously smaller breweries aren't don't have the budget of sam adams to like go to distributors and say sell over crap well we're gonna buy it back yeah. you know I was going to say, uh, you said you would buy pumpkin earlier? Yes. If you want some, they still have some. Oh, <laughs> I think they God. have like four cases of it. <laughs> you should tell Marissa that. She's the one who loves pumpkin so much. Like, Marissa, look what I got for you. It's fresh off the line yeah. from October. <laughs> 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 or actually, no, for them, it's like freaking August, man. Yeah, so that's yeah, almost definitely. a year old at this point. Yikes. Well, with that, let's stop uh, talking about all this beer and actually start drinking some. Not that we haven't been secretly drinking in the background. Uh, let's move on to a little beer versus beer, BBBBQ edition. Beer versus beer. Mike and Rob select the finest beer to pit in single combat for champion beer. Two beers enter, one beer leaves. So uh, Mike and I were obviously talking about, uh, well, we're actually all three of us were talking about themes for this week, and with the advent of summer, so comes the barbecuing and grilling season. So our theme for this week is, what are our favorite summer beers? Beers that just sort of go with the hot and humid weather, beers that we thought would be just delicious as a way to enjoy in the summer heat. And I'm actually really pleased because I think Mike and I really went for different ends of the spectrum on this, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to actually make for a very interesting beer versus beer. So um, I think I might go first. I think that yeah. might be better for palates. Yeah. 
So my choice is the um, extremely mentioned Abita's Purple Haze. Hmm. So I talk about this beer all the damn time. <laughs> uh, I'm not really sure what makes this raspberry lager wheat so magical. Whether it is the real raspberries added to the beer after filtration for a lovely sweet yet kind of tart kick. Whether it is the wonderful lager made with Pilsner and wheat malt base that keeps the sweetness from being overwhelming. Or the fact that it's delicious and potent despite being highly sessionable at 4.2%. This beer actually has a body at 4.2% ABV. So whatever the magic combination is, this beer is ridiculously drinkable. Just the other weekend, I spent an entire Sunday afternoon working my way through a 12-pack, sharing some with friends, and had absolutely no regrets. It is delicious, it is nutritious, and it's amazingly drinkable. So this is one of my favorites, and I'm going to pass around a bottle each and every one of us once i find my opener there it is because i love this beer and everyone listening should love this beer unfortunately for me it was one of the first fruit beers i ever had and oh my god probably the same for me yeah it set the bar incredibly high for anybody else uh, whether it be a blueberry beer that looks like smurf's blood or yeah. whatever the case um this is delicious and it's really hard to get that balance of beer with fruit without it being like fruit with a little bit of beer. Because yeah. Mike, you're drinking a horny goat um, watermelon, and it's watermelon oh, soda yeah. beer. Yeah. And this this is actually <laughs> like fruit beer. It's both. Okay. Yeah, Beto was one of the first uh, mixers I ever got. It was in college, uh, so I got like the purple haze, the turbo dog, yeah, turbo dog, and what else they make. But so yeah, it's very very light in color. Um, it's got a very hmm. infectious aroma, very raspberry aroma. It's very raspberry. And when you drink it, you definitely get a, a raspberry flavor, but there is a light malty body underneath it. Um, and I think that while you do get raspberry, you still get beer flavor. Um, and it's, yeah. I think it's something that uh, if you have somebody who isn't necessarily a hophead or a craft beer fan, this is something you can introduce them to to say not a goddamn Mike's Hard Lemonade where you're getting like 30 grams of sugar per bottle mm -hmm. um, but it has a flavor to it that is not necessarily beer-ish but it's also not super obnoxiously sweet yeah it's pretty nice it's just well balanced and oh my god for a hot summer's night like tonight oh yeah it's just super refreshing that's undeniably refreshing like if you just got done mowing the lawn that's, <sighs> this is what that seems to be the measurement. Like, yeah. I just got done mowing the lawn. Like, what else are you doing? Like, no. I was weeding the garden? No, no, we're not weeding gardens here. We're mowing lawns. <laughs> well, it's like, what's as ma as a, as a quasi-suburbanites as we are? I mean, we live downtown, but, you know, we, we live that nice, white, middle-class world. It's not like we're out shooting men or chopping lumber or something, yeah. you know? So well. what's the manliest thing that we do? Probably mow lawns. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing the dishes. There's just <laughs> something here. ultimately sweaty about mowing the lawn, because you're always, like, covered with part of the grass. Oh, yeah. Just, Man, it's, it's irritating it's and gross you do get hot and sweaty when you come back you're like fuck it i want a goddamn beer as a reward and this is one where i would just be like yep not gonna get necessarily get me drunk it's gonna quench my thirst in a way that is appreciated and um then i'm gonna want like four more while i just sit in the deck with some music and a good book yeah. this is highly sessionable right mm -hmm. super drinkable the problem is mike's choice is also a personal favorite so this is going to be dangerous for me to have to make a decision on. So, Mike, tell us about your good. beer. Well, I mean, I was looking, trying to think of all the summer beers I've ever had. I'm like, what what screams summer to me? And though I haven't had this beer in a while, I, mean, I think it is. Uh, it's hasn't been nearly this warm for in forever. 
And so when I look at this question, I want to look at it from the perspective of if I was told to grab a beer from someone's cooler, what would I go for? Hmm. So if I looked into someone's cooler and found a variety of beers, I feel like this would be my first choice. So I went with Hopnosh by Uinta. Oh, nice. Uh, this would definitely be my starter beer. Uh, I can p- picture like the uh, buttery ear of corn, some crispy kielbasa, and maybe a, even a fresh green salad. You know, what the hell? Uh, and this beer, I think, fits right into that picture. So, And this is from Uinta's own website description. It is, quote, Embracing our inner foodie, Hopnosh is so big in hop character that it is literally a hoppy snack. Really eat salad out in the summer? You're like, oh, well, let's hang out outside. I need a salad. If I'm going to slather like a tablespoon of butter on that corn, I need something to go with. Uh, I mean, I, don't, I think it just... I need some fiber to you know, keep it. It was co- corn and what was the other one? Kielbasa. 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 Yeah, those two. You, you just got me there, but then, like, I thought you just won. Like, I didn't even. <laughs> I know, I knew. I knew adding the salad was going to screw me. I feel like the you're great with both those beers, but then you went, so... Yeah, yeah, but then you went for the salad, and I'm really confused. Yeah. <laughs> I love Jesse keeps getting up to use the uh, opener attached to the deck, which yes. I got to get me one of them. I'm just thinking about those lettuce greens I'm growing in my backyard. Uh, my own lettuce, so. No, on a hot night like tonight, you know, a little bit of chicken with a nice salad can go great with a good beer. You know, I'm not going to say that uh, that's not an option that rocks. Um, I just know personally that if I'm going to sit in a park and drink all day, um, A, both of these beers are really great. Um, I know that uh, from a being able to tolerate drinking four beers in a, you know, in an afternoon or six beers in an afternoon, I'd rather go with the Abita. But uh, um, when this was hop notch, uh, I drank this religiously. It yeah. was so what's the difference between Hot Notch and Nosh? They got sued by Notch Brewing Company and had to change their name. Oh. Um, rather than going through a whole lawsuit over the deal, they basically said, okay, we'll change the name to Hop Nosh. Close enough. And uh, so now they're Hop Nosh. It's the same exact beer, just with a different name. Um, and I remember, like, God, probably this year, last year, maybe, it was the last case I saw that was still Hop Notch. Oh, yeah, Hop Notch. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was sort of like, oh, I should save a couple of cans of this because, you know, it'll never be back again. Um, but, yeah, this is a remarkably delicious IPA. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful amber color. The smell is really beautifully hoppy. It's not that citrusy hoppy that you normally get. Like, I no. don't get, like, a fruitiness or a citrusy flavor out of it. But it's got a very nice nose to it. Yeah, more earthy and uh, piney. Oh, my God. That's well-balanced. It's uh, a little bit bitter. Um, it got some bittering hops in there, but it's the maltiness is there. This is what, if someone said to me, like, give me an IPA that is good, boom, right here. This is amazing. And it's still fresh. It is uh, best before, I think, it says 8-20-15. Uh, the purple haze is also very fresh. This is the first I've seen it at the fridge. So yeah, actually, I was, I was pretty excited. I was like, Ooh, so it is back in season. They canned it a couple of years ago, the purple haze, and mm-hmm. I was like, that would be the perfect. Beer. I would buy cases of those cans, like several of them, and then take them everywhere, park, tubing, whatever, because yeah. that is my favorite sort of like hot, sweaty activity beer. And then they never did it again, and I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, maybe it didn't sell well, but. I would totally buy that in cans because you can take it places you can't. I've seen the hop nosh in cans um, in cases, which would be wonderful as well. Yes, actually, that would be really good. Canning, man. It means you can take it to state parks and shit. From what I understand, like a lot of beers are, like a lot of breweries are starting to get into canning, but they're sort of like dipping a toe in it. So, like, I went to uh, Kirkner's earlier and I bought, or um, I was looking at beers and they had the summer love in cans. That's the first time yeah. I've seen it before I went to the fridge. fridge has it, yeah. And I asked them about it. I was like, well, how much is that? And they're like, uh, Oh, do we still have some? I'm like, yeah, there's one case back there. She's like, Oh, okay. Because like, 
I think that's all we're getting, and it's been extremely popular. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they just like tried a little bit, like Victory did with the cans, but it's definitely something that people are looking for. My love of summer love has decreased a bit, but it's still a solid beer, and in cans, yeah. I think that would be great to take to a park where glass mm-hmm. is forbidden and you can still drink and have a damn good time. Yeah, I get excited about the cans. Um, yeah. That's kind of what I did. Uh, certain parks kind of forbid alcohol, so instead we had what we called camping water. Yeah. And it's it's just nice to have it in the can. So well, I'm waiting for the with powdered alcohol is going <laughs> through the TTV process, so the ability to basically put a bunch of powdered water in a, into a oh, good. Nalgene, shake it off, and have an alcoholic beverage sounds awesome to me. <laughs> but... I guess it's uh, Mike and I have heaped praise on each other's beers long enough, but it th- can't come down to a love fest. Jesse's got to make a decision. So, Jesse, which of these is your favorite summer beer? All right. Favorite summer beer. That would be our theme. This is difficult because it's it's so open-ended here. Like, <laughs> This is true. This is true. This has been one of our more open-ended. Yeah, PCs. this is yeah. It's like, what does that necessarily mean? What is the what is the what? How about if you each tell me like, give me a situation where I'll be drinking your beer, a very specific, not just like oh corn kibasa or salad. Stick <laughs> to one. Tell me what it is. Tell me the situation where I would be drinking this, and then I will judge because these are both fantastic beers, and I'm on the fence on. I'm not sure like because they they would not be both of the same thing. I will not want like. I mean, for maybe after having corn and kielbasa, maybe I'd go for the hop notch. But if I'm going to mow the lawn, I maybe I want the purple haze. Go ahead, Mike. All right. My situation is that you're at Long's Park. It's about 3.30. Um, you've just got done eating whatever you it is that you want to grill. <laughs> uh, and you've just uh, thrown the Frisbee around for about 20 minutes. Mm. So now you're hot, you're sweaty, you're coming off of it, and uh, I just showed up with a cooler filled with both Purple Haze and uh, Hop Nosh, and I said, hey, Jesse, grab a beer. What do you grab? I see. I yeah. see. All right. <laughs> I'm going to get real unfair with this. <laughs> so, Jesse, you're at the beach. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You've been there since 10 a.m. You... And like 17 incredibly attractive <laughs> Russian girls are sitting with you at the beach sharing beer. You've been there for several hours. You're feeling a little dehydrated. Got a lot of sun. Um, but uh, the girls want to play volleyball or, or toss a frisbee around in the waves. And they say, Jesse, we want to have a beer. What, we should, what should we drink? And you reach in the cooler of both Hopnosh <laughs> purple haze <laughs> and to appease the beautiful russian women what beer do you choose you're such a dick <laughs> i know my audience do like playing frisbee yeah exactly there's one universal well you're working up a sweat man you know I don't want to get too crass. This is what you would be doing with 17 mm. bikini-clad Russian yeah, women. Yeah, but um, Croquet? <laughs> I'm not playing croquet. If it were croquet, Bingo. then it would, the hopnosh would be the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, damn it. Because it, like, like it's going to be like a summer day type thing. Like We're going to be like doing this. Like I'm going to be drinking a beer for a while. I think the Abita, the, the, the Purple Haze, is something I can drink definitely more of. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hopnosh is fantastic beer, yeah. for sure. I mean, they're both really good beers. I, this is, I think, the first time, the second time I'm having the Purple Haze. It's been a while. Yeah, it's sure. been a while. Well, not for me. And now, normally I don't go for ago, fruit but... beers, but it's like it's enough that where it's just it's just a little bit there. It's drinkable. 
I think I have to go with the purple haze. All right, awesome. Yeah, yeah it, it crosses boundaries. It, um, I think it brings people in. I, I literally different um, nationalities. Well, I was I was joking about how the other weekend I was <laughs> volleyball playing on the beach. I was well, yeah. I was actually at a. Um, it was a sunny afternoon. I was drinking it, and I was with Lou, who drinks exclusively Genesee Cream Ale, and he was drinking that all all afternoon. And Janine and I were drinking Purple Haze, and I I asked him to crack another one for me, and he was like, "So what is this?" And I said, "Just take a sip of it. Just you know, just close your eyes. Don't worry about what it is." He's like, "I don't like any of that hoppy crap." He took a sip of it. Was like, "Whoa, this is actually really good." And this is a man who was like drinks a cream ale that literally has no hop. Mm-hmm. IBUs might be two. You know, <laughs> uh, there's pretty much nothing there. And he was like, "Wow, that I actually could drink a whole bottle of that." And I was like, "That's kind of why I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still it's an, enough that as like a craft beer hop head, I've got a ruination 2.0 in the the, the six pack over here that I'm mm-hmm. super ex- excited to drink and um, considered." Buying the bourbon barrel aged uh, arrogant bastard this afternoon. I saw I, it. Yep. I can also pop in and have a purple haze and just be super satisfied with that. So I think it's a very well balanced uh, aggressive beer. That said, I've probably drank more hop notch than a purple haze in my life. So this is a really hard decision. And um, yeah, that's a that's a big big beer versus a big beer. Yeah, they're both great summer beers. Good God. So anyone I, th- listening... I think it was the uh, the garden salad that got me. Ah, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who's listening who's coming to my birthday, feel free to bring six by. packs of either of these things, <laughs> yeah, and you will fit in great. Mm. And I'm going to sit here and finish these, because they are both delicious. But that's it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed listening to our BBBBQ episode. Um, as much as we love barbecue, and oh boy, joy boys, we're going to come back to visit you soon. Um, <laughs> we also love beer, and summertime means lots and lots of beer. Join us next week when we have a, a new sample sewed segment called Behind the Bar, where we interview local bartenders about their experience dealing with craft beer geeks, just beer drinkers, regulars, and snotty assholes who come in looking for you know highballs and other such antiquated beverages. So we will have special guest. I won't name him quite yet, uh, just in case there's problems, but should be a hilariously good time. He's got a deep, boisterous voice and tons of stories to enthrall our audience. I'm really looking forward to it, and I imagine you guys are as well. Maybe we'll get him to sing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Maybe he'll wear a kilt. If he brings his goddamn dog, I will be in heaven. So... uh, We may force him to drink something other than Guinness. So those of you who know him well should probably have figured it out by now. And for those of you who haven't, join us next week and you'll you'll see firsthand. Thanks for listening. And of course, keep on drinking your favorite goddamn summer beers. That's today's show. For more information on today's podcast or to subscribe to the show, visit www.blindtigerpodcast.com or look for us on iTunes. Send comments or questions to show at blindtigerpodcast.com. To suggest or request a beer for beer versus beer, or to ask a question for Homebrew 101, email show at blindtigerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and keep drinking. 